Sports Talk 1110-993, WBT, Pete Callender here, hour number three of the program. And uh, the phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I know I spent yesterday um, doing the, sorry, just reshuffling some of the, some of the topics in the stack of stuff, 90% of which I never get to. Hang on, I can hear that. Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry, I just heard something. Um, the uh, so the I spent like the whole show yesterday going over the um, uh, the the bailout for all of the uh, the graduate degree holders that work in the White House. And that look, that's there's stats out there that show like virtually everybody that works in the White House, they all have these graduate degrees and they don't get paid anything. And so they're they're like, oh, please, Daddy Biden, take you know take my debt. So. Th- there are now a whole bunch of people coming out against this and uh, people like the far right wing NAACP, right there. I mean, they're, they're lashing out. It reports that president Biden's going to forgive $10,000. Well, of course they're lashing out because it's only 10,000. They want it to be more than 10,000. But what's also interesting here is the backlash from the right winger Democrats. Yeah. There are a bunch of Democrats who are upset about this as well. And we all know they're just like Nazis, right? Those right-wing Democrats. Um, They're running for battleground Senate and House seats. So this is from Axios.com. Josh Krushar. 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 I don't know how he pronounces it. Anyway, Josh says, Democrats running in battleground Senate and House races panned President Biden's student loan relief plan within hours of its release, a sign of fears that it could alienate swing voters in November. So it's not the it's not the price. It's not the cost. It's not the deficit. It's none of that stuff. No, no. It's this could harm my chances of reelection. You buffoon. So uh, who have we got? Let's see. We've got Tim Ryan, Democrats, Ohio Senate uh, nominee. He said, quote, waiving debt for those already on a trajectory to financial security sends the wrong message to millions of Ohioans, Ohio, Ohioans. Why not Ohio, Ohioites? Ohioites? Anyway, without a degree, blah, blah, blah. All right. Next up, Nevada Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, one of the most vulnerable Democrat senators up for reelection. She said, quote, I don't agree with today's executive action because it doesn't address the root problems that make college unaffordable. Exactly right. New Hampshire Representative Chris Pappas. Again, all Democrats running in a swing district. Biden carried it by six points. He said, quote, this announcement is in no way to make policy and si- is no way to make policy and sidesteps Congress and our oversight and fiscal responsibilities. He is correct. It does that. Any plan, he says, to address student debt should go through the legislative process and it should be more targeted and paid for so it doesn't add to the deficit. Next up, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett facing a competitive race in a state that Biden carried by 13 points. He said the relief should have been more targeted. And the administration should have laid out how they'll pay for it, which, by the way, Peter Ducey tried to get an answer. Who's going to pay for this? Uh, and uh, Corinne Saint, uh, Jean Saint-Pierre, whatever. What's her name? Corinne Jean-Pierre. Right. Yeah. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. He had to ask it six times and she never did give an answer. 
Or how about this? Hang on. This is uh, audio from Steve Portnoy. Portnoy? Yeah, yeah. Stephen Portnoy. He asked Secretary Cardona, uh, Cardona about uh, the criticism of the use of the emergency powers that Biden is tapping in order to enact the relief. Have you heard this part of it yet? So there's two things people need to know. Number one, the Democrats knew this was coming down the pike. They stuffed into the reconciliation bill that they passed, you know, straight party line vote, the big climate bill. Stuffed into that was the provision that any student loan debt forgiveness would not be counted as income through the year 2025. They knew this was coming. And they wanted to put a cap on it. Oh, and by the way, if you took a student loan down in June, you don't qualify for this one. Oops. But listen to this. The former top Obama economic advisor, Jason Furman, had a, a long Twitter thread today. He blasted your plan. He called it highly problematic. He says it will encourage higher tuition in the future, encourage more borrowing. He says it will create expectations of future debt forgiveness. Is he wrong about any of that? Oh, definitely. Uh, this program is going to help more students have access to higher education. Uh, they're going to be able to uh, afford payments and not go into default. And it's going to open the, uh, the possibilities of higher education to many families who right now feel higher education is out of reach. You know, as a former school principal, I saw the other side. But they can't take advantage of it. families of students who are tr- tremendous aptitude who said, I can't go to college. It's too expensive. I can't afford the loans. But mm-hmm. this is a huge step forward for our country and a huge step forward to those who have outstanding loan debt and are wondering how they're going to pay it. To enact this loan forgiveness, Mr. Secretary, Listen to this. you're relying on the, the HEROES Act of 2003. It was passed after 9-11 to offer educational assistance to members of the military. Uh, you'll be doing it by citing COVID as a national emergency. Uh, what is your response to those who say that this is an overreach of presidential power? P- put another way, sir, if I might. No, that was a fine how question. How is a social studies teacher supposed to explain to students how this comports with the Constitution? No, oh, too clever by half. Well... I have the authority under the HEROES Act to ensure that folks are not worse off after the pandemic than before. And we're exercising that to provide targeted loan relief to those who are struggling. We know the pandemic uh, exacerbated disparities. And what we're doing here is making sure we're addressing some loan forgiveness and fixing a system that's broken so that more students can have access to college and continue on with their lives. All right. So first off, they're tapping the 2003 HEROES Act, which was to pay off, was to pay for college for... Veterans, not graduate students. So obviously this was never the intent of what Congress initially did it for, right? Number one, and his answer is, oh, well, this is fixing the system. It's actually not doing that at all. You're not fixing anything. You're just handing somebody a check for 10K and saying, okay, that's forgiven now. That that doesn't fix the problem. How did that make college more affordable? It may have made the debt schedule more affordable for the people that get to take advantage of your bailout, but it doesn't, it doesn't make college more affordable. They think you're stupid. The fact that Democrats are speaking out against this because they're afraid of their own electoral prospects in the wake of this decision really should, I mean, that should be illustrative for even people in the media to detect. Okay. You should, even people who I, mean, I always joke about this, or or is it true? Uh, probably a little from column A and column B that 
You know, one of the one of the superpowers you get when you sign on to be a journalist, apparently, is that you're able to detect the political motivations of only one political party at a time. I don't know why that is. It seems like everybody opts to take the superpower of detecting the uh, Republican uh, political motives. They always seem to know what motivates every single thing that Republicans do. Usually it's like evil. And they can never figure out what might inspire Democrats to do something. So we have a, a very hotly contested U.S. Senate race here in North Carolina. What does the Democrat running for U.S. Senate, former uh, Chief Justice Sherry Beasley, what does she think about this student repayment uh, program? Hmm. Well, I went to her website. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no answers there. Oh, but she gave an interview to WRAL a couple months ago about this topic. Maybe maybe she gives an answer there. Spoiler alert, no, she does not. But we'll take a listen anyway. All right, so the biggest story of the of the last 24 hours, right? The big uh, payoff of uh, Democrat-based voters, student loan forgiveness, $10,000 uh, for federal loans. And by the way, this was all predicted by folks when it when the federal government assumed this uh, this area of authority during Obama's term. And people like me predicted this would be the case, that once you federalize this kind of stuff, you remove any kind of moral hazard and it's just going to get out of control. And here we are. It's out of control. I went over this all yesterday. I urge you to go pull the podcast from yesterday if you want sort of the breakdown of the actual uh, uh, the details of the, the student bailout uh, or sorry, the debt cancellation, right? All of that. But what I find most intriguing right now are the Democrats who are coming out and attacking Biden because they know, as I said yesterday, this is bad politics for Democrats. It's bad politics. So we got a whole bunch of Democrats coming out against it. What about Sherry Beasley? Well, this is from uh, Fox 8, myfox8.com, WGHP, um, but, but uh, Steve Doyle, the writer or the reporter. Uh, he's got a quote from Dory McMillan, formerly of the AFL-CIO. Now he's spokesperson for Democrat Sherry Beasley. And um, here's what she said, quote, Sherry knows this decision will help many North Carolinians but also wants to focus on lowering the costs of education, improving transparency, lowering interest rates, increasing Pell Grants for borrowers moving forward. She also believes that we should work to expand access to vocational training and apprenticeship programs so the North Carolinians. So in other words, she dodged it. She dodged the question. She says, oh, the decision will help many North Carolinians, but also we want to focus on lowering the costs of education, improving transparency, lowering interest rates increasing Pell Grants moving forward. None of that is in response to this particular action. So I came across an audio or a video clip of Beasley talking to WRAL. This was back in May. And I don't see it on your website as a priority. So is this something that you think should happen for the government? Do you think they should cancel any student debt? And if so, how much? 
Well, we certainly should have addressed it on the website. I'll make sure to check that out. But I, I certainly know that as I'm traveling across this state and as costs are rising and people are struggling, student loan debt is a real issue for so many people in this state. And it's the kind of issue that impacts people's ability to really get a mortgage or be able to make career choices and move on with their lives. And disproportionately, uh, people of color and people who live in rural communities are impacted. We know that over a million people here in North Carolina have some amount of student loan debt. I would certainly make sure that we, first of all, make these agreements transparent. So often people really don't know what kind of contracts they're entering into. And so it really is important for people to understand what these loans are, what the terms of those loans are, and for them to understand what all of this really means. I think the other piece of that also is really making sure that we reduce interest rates uh, for loans that are refinanced so that people have a better chance of paying those off. And I think thirdly, we need to make sure that there are more Pell Grants available. Okay. I mean, we are encouraging people, if that is their path, to go ahead and get their education. And we certainly don't want them to be penalized to do that. So I haven't heard a figure in terms of actually canceling a certain amount of student debt. Do you think that there should be an amount? We know progressive Democrats are calling for 50000 There's talks that potentially the Biden administration is thinking of $10,000. Do you have a figure? You know, I certainly would be open to it. Uh, you know, right now, I know we need to deal with the fact that there are student loans in existence. We've got to figure out what those terms are. And so many people are really being greatly hindered by those. So you don't want to commit to a number? We just need to really talk more about it and see how... Uh, reducing or forgiving some of those loans really impacts the economy. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the politics of this race. Uh, if okay. Moving on, moving on. Nothing to see here. I don't want to pin you down on anything. So obviously a non-answer refuses to answer and, and her campaign in the wake of the executive uh, decision yesterday, right? Still not giving a clear answer. Does she support this or not? She just says, oh, I know it's going to help a lot of North Carolinians, but I want to focus on this other stuff. So it's a pivot away. It's a deflection. But she also said something. I'll make sure when, when she, uh, the, the interviewer, and I'm sorry, I don't have her name here. Um, she asked Beasley, uh, I went to your website and I didn't see it up there. And she said, oh, well, I'll, I'll have to make sure to check that out because it should have been on the website. We should address it on the website. Well, that was May. This morning, I went to the website. Still nothing, although they do have a thing called Strengthening Our Children's Future, and it talks about K-12, pre-K, universal funding, and all that. But then there's a tack-on <laughs> paragraph at the bottom that says, to expand pathways beyond high school, Sherry supports programs that help students prepare for college and believes in reforming student loan programs so that our students are not hampered by mountains of debt when they graduate. She also knows that a four-year degree might not be the right choice for some. It's not for everybody. And she wants to expand access to community college and apprenticeships and blah, 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 blah. So still no position, no position on it. This is why I call it the big D shield. You get to just put that thing up. And all of the questions like this, they just go away. No one's going to hound her on this stuff. I would very much love to see some people do some follow-ups on this. Does she support Biden on this or not? News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Got a bunch of uh, emails on the topic of the uh, loan cancellation, the student debt cancellation deal that Biden announced. 
Oh, and by the way, the, the price tag on this thing is now, I'm seeing one estimate, it's like $900 billion. I mean, which is amazing because usually it takes way longer for the price of the government bailouts like that to get more expensive than originally intended. Uh, but this was like record pace, 24 hours. It went from $300 billion to $900 billion. It's pretty amazing. Uh, let me go over here to Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up, man? Um, I've made this point before, but I, I think it's important to make it again. And this is in regards to how out of touch the Democrats are. They make a, they make a big issue, rightfully so, about education. Mm-hmm. Education, education, education. But what is the goal of education? To create revolutionaries? To, 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 to graduate and go out and work in the private sector or public sector, but to get a job, right? Uh, well, so, yes. In the modern incarnation of what education has been, yes, you are correct. It was the Prussian model to get the kids out of the farm fields uh, and the adults out of the fields and send them into the factories. And so they needed sort of like a basic understanding of uh, you know reading, writing, and arithmetic in order to get that. But we are not creating men of letters, as the original architect of the K-12 government system said. We are not creating men of letters. That's not the purpose of education in modern America. Okay. So given that, given that understanding of what we're trying to achieve here, why is it that Democrats turn around and they go out there and they attack businesses, i.e. by raising uh, taxes, therefore hindering a, a corporation or a business or an entity from hiring somebody who might have a college degree? It just seems to me the ultimate in the hypocrisy. Yeah, well, it, it is, but remember, like yesterday I talked about the uh, the root philosophy of leftism, Marxism, is greed and envy, and right. right and so you know when they go through the credentialing service of uh, uh, higher education and they get their credentials and that's going to put them on a trajectory to make a million dollars more over their lifetime than a non uh, college degree holder, um, and right. so that's 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 the purpose, that's the point. They they want to get into that elite status. And then they could open businesses, they could do these things, but it won't hurt them so bad because they'll be making more money. But uh, they, there's a lot of uh, looking down the nose at people in different socioeconomic strata. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just find that to be so stunning and so apparent to me that when you hear Democrats speak, their rhetoric, that they're the ultimate, the ultimate hypocrites. That's, that's my point. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say here. No, I got you. If, they, if we if we held if we held them more accountable. No, see, there. It's not even that's not, Brian. That's not even it. It's not even holding people accountable for hypocrisy because it doesn't it doesn't carry any purchase anymore. Nobody cares. Every both parties now engage in rank hypocrisy all the time, so nobody cares. No one holds anybody accountable for any of this stuff. But we're in a post accountability society. Doesn't matter. Oh. Right. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, look at the the I hate to go back to it, but honestly, the Trump Russia collusion hoax. Nobody's been held accountable for that. And if you're not going to hold somebody accountable for that, I mean, what chance do you have of somebody who makes a campaign promise to pay off personal debt with taxpayer funds? Right. None. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Brian. Good to hear from you, man. Okay. All right. Take it easy, bro. Um Sputterings of dissatisfaction among Democratic ranks over President Joe Biden's plan to wipe out at least 10 grand in student loans has erupted into 
a full-blown civil war within the party. I can't believe it. This is how you know it's bad. We are through the looking glass here, people. You never see the term civil war used inside the Democratic Party. It's always Democrats in disarray. It's the Republicans that are always engaged in some sort of civil war inside the ranks. But here you have the Daily Mail using the term. It's like this is a Rubicon moment here. Shocking price tag of the forgiveness plan is now estimated to cost taxpayers up to $600 billion, even for those who did not take out federal student loans or have already paid it off. Democrats who are fearing a Republican bloodbath are turning against the president as the White House scrambles to explain how they're going to pay for the plan. Uh, Right now, there's uh, the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget uh, released estimates saying it's going to cost between $400 and $6 billion over the next decade. Um, The nonprofit Taxpayers Protection Alliance uh, called it a reckless policy that will overwhelmingly benefit wealthy Americans and increase the deficit and debt. An analysis by the Penn Wharton uh, budget model projects the president's actions will cost taxpayers more than $900 billion and would disproportionately benefit higher income Americans. The nonprofit National Taxpayers Union uh, Foundation says, based on the Penn analysis, that canceling this debt could end up costing every American taxpayer about (laughs) $2,100. So we're going to take your money to pay off your debt. Oh, it's going to cost you $2,100. You're welcome. (laughs) That's really amazing. Uh, Let me get to some emails here. This was from, uh, oh, hang on a second. Here we go. This is from Dan. If you want to read something that will absolutely toast your winkies, I have no idea what that means, try a Google search on the amount of student loan debt still owed by members of Congress for themselves and their children. It is gargantuan. Um, This one here is from Tim. Uh, envy and greed. Every leftist I have talked to about taxation and regulations when serious challenged about these views ha- or their views have resorted to victimization and inequality as their justification for what amounts to envy and greed. This is a character flaw, in my opinion. Um, there's also the tendency for interpersonal victimhood, by the way. I would just add to that. TIV, it's an actual personality trait identified by uh, uh, researchers, psychologists, psychiatrists that did all this uh, this work, tendency for interpersonal victimhood. And it's the way that you perceive yourself. And once you go down that path, perceiving yourself as a victim, you start seeing yourself as a victim in everything. And it then projects out to society at large. And there's no easy off-ramp to this way of thinking. It's a big problem. I think... The vast majority of the problems that we have in our society right now are rooted in this TIV, this tendency for interpersonal victimhood, this belief that you're the victim of all things, that there's somebody to blame for your situation or something that happened to you that somebody else is to blame, and that you should then be able to use the levers of power against those perceived perpetrators. Also, people who suffer from TIV, uh, they have far less empathy for others. And they are willing to uh, cause harm to others in order to, uh, what did Donald Trump say about himself? He said that uh, he tr- when, when people wound him, he lashes out in an attempt to unwound himself. That's what he told Megyn Kelly in that famous interview. He, the attempt to unwound oneself. 
which of course that's not how you heal, right? You don't if you if you cut me like like Mickey did to Rocky, if you cut me, I don't heal by cutting you back. That just means we're both injured. That's not how you heal. But that's tendency for interpersonal victimhood. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, final segment here. Let me jump uh, or get uh, Lillian to jump on here. Hello, Lillian. Welcome to the program. How are you? Pete, how are you? Thank you for taking this just real quick. Sure. Joe Biden's student loan bailout violates both the U.S. Constitution and statutory law. Legal authority, he doesn't have legal authority to cancel contract, even Nancy Pelosi. Last July, told the media that people think that the President of the United States has power for debt forgiveness. He does not have Mm -hmm. that power. That has to be an act of Congress. His excuse is the HEROES Act. And any bill to write off a debt is a spending bill which must originate with Congress. Thank you for taking my call. You are correct, Lillian. I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Um, You are absolutely 100% correct on that. And Nancy Pelosi was correct on that. And this is why this is, we went over this kind of yesterday, which is the the political angle on this, which is, uh, or the the strategy is, you make this big promise, you go out there and you sell it, and then you wait for it to get challenged. And then when it gets challenged, it goes to the Supreme Court and it gets rejected, just like the uh, extension of the eviction moratorium. They were not legally allowed to do that either but they pressed it and then they got smacked down by the courts and then what did they do they blame the courts and they use it to fundraise for their election campaign and they get their base agitated angry at oh the courts and then they're like oh my gosh i can't believe so many people have such little confidence and faith in the courts but like you're the ones doing it You're the ones forcing these issues into the courts when you know you're not allowed to do it, but you keep pushing it in there, knowing it's going to get rejected, but you're doing it for partisan political gain. Uh, Gary says, Pete, you're missing the target. Who is driving the left? As far as the demographic that votes for the left, and he is correct here, black women and woke white women, or the WWW. The, the woo-woos. Everyone else is along for the ride. Black women are almost three times the number of black men getting master's degrees. How many are getting degrees in hard sciences? How many woo-woos have degrees in hard sciences? There's a much, much larger undercurrent driving everything. The woke socialist left is being driven by these two groups. Who ran Black Lives Matter, for example? Well, obviously, black women. In fact, I believe they were lesbian uh black women and it's this created uh some contention because there were people inside the movement that thought there was too much focus and push towards uh uh queer theory versus the critical race theory right more like that was part of the that was part of the mission you know um and that's why i remember at the very uh, the very beginning uh when uh, cities were burning and mostly peaceful but fiery demonstrations uh, and people started looking at BLM and they start, you started to see their platform for things. And remember there was one, I'm trying to remember exact, I don't remember the exact words, but it, it talked about essentially 
the destruction of the nuclear family. Remember that? And one of the founders of BLM, she said, you know, we are trained Marxists. And that is a fundamental part of Marxism is to deconstruct the nuclear family. And you turn to the state then for all solutions. The Democratic Party doesn't even give lip service to black men anymore, says Gary in an email. Appreciate that. Um, Scott says, whoever thinks that Joe Biden is in charge of anything and making any decision is nuts. He's being controlled. He's a puppet on a string. The strings are being pulled by Obama and Soros and the Communist Chinese Party. Their goal is to destroy the USA at any cost. Will I hear you say that on your show? I doubt it. Oh, dang it. I just read the email. See, this is what I get for not reading it ahead of time. I did not. I was totally not going to read it. And then I read it. And so I said it. And he said I wouldn't say it. But I did say, gosh, I'm a failure. Uh, Ray says, Pete, first off, great show today. Well, thank you, Ray. Um, I am glad this issue is now being pushed to the forefront. Over the years, I've commented on a few social media posts on this topic. My comments were not harsh or accusatory, yet were met with strong feelings of opposition. Really? On social media? Anyway, many claimed that their parents pushed them in the direction of attending college and claimed that they were ignorant of, uh, ignorant of the use of their degree or financial ramifications. Uh, they strongly advocate for this type of forgiveness plan and could not understand why I was opposed when they had been duped into their current situation. I wrote a paper about this issue a while back, and it took me very little time to find two-year degrees or trades that would pay $80,000 plus salaries. I guess maybe they should have learned how to use the Internet. The obvious intent of this action is to use it as campaign weaponry, like you said, to show how heartless all the opposers are. These kids need to grow up and learn how to eat ramen and Chef Boyardee. By the way, I actually had a discussion once with a uh, with a literary agent about my ramen uh, uh, recipes. It, it, the discussion did not last long, as I only had three. But they got me through college and a good bit of year, uh, a good many years after college. He seemed to think that I needed to expand the recipe book beyond just the three. I'll tell you, it's easy. I'll tell you where they were. So you cook up like the chicken flavor ramen, and you throw a slice of cheese in there, and uh, you throw a, a dollop of mayo in there. And uh, if you have the money and can afford the tuna fish, uh, you throw the tuna fish in there as well. And it's basically a casserole, people. And, uh, of course, then the recipe number two is very similar to that, except uh, just without the tuna fish. He seemed to think like that that was really just one recipe, but we, we disagreed. And then there was the third recipe, which this is the hidden, uh, this is the hidden jewel. You ready? You get the... Well, I was going to call it what it used to be called, but I don't know if it's still called this. Can I use, can I use the O word? Can I, you know what flavor I'm talking about? Yeah, do they still call it that? I don't know either. All right, let's just say it's another word for Asian. Okay, it was in the blue package. And you would take that flavor and you would mix it in with ketchup. And I don't know why, but through the miracle of, of modern chemistry and MSG, the flavor tasted just like spaghetti sauce. I don't know why. Probably because of the ketchup mainly, but it tasted like spaghetti and spaghetti sauce and you could get that flavor for a mere you know 79 cents rather than have to drop 89 cents plus the jar of tomato sauce 
You don't even need the jar of tomato sauce. You just need a whole thing of ketchup, and a whole thing of ketchup was cheaper if you buy the store brand than the than a, a, a jar of tomato sauce. Unless you get the two for special, but whatever. I thought that would have made a fantastic book. Coffee table book kind of thing, you know? Anyway. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Thank <laughs> you.